Yeah, good afternoon. Um, what a privilege to worship Jesus. What a privilege um, to be in his house, together with believers. Absolute, absolute privilege. It's my privilege to share um, just the word with you guys this afternoon, and I'm really, really excited about um, the topic that we'll be sharing. If you guys want to just put the PowerPoint on there, so um, yeah, you, yeah, hopefully you guys will be able to see. Um, but yeah, so the, the last while, um, you know, so Kevin and, and the elders have been feeling in terms of just praying or, or preaching into the values, and just as a way of reminder for us to focus on the values. Now, I know that's a piece of scripture that most of you guys know very, very well and hear quite often, which is Acts 2, 42 to 47. And so we'll, we'll be basing it on that. But just before we start, can I just pray for us? Yeah, Lord, we just want to honor you this afternoon. We want to say you are faithful, God. You are faithful, Lord. Yeah, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the privilege of being able to share your word and, and, uh, and um, partake in your word, Lord. And, and so my prayer, Holy Spirit, is just that you would, you would guide me, Lord, to, to speak that which you want to speak, Lord. That every word that is from me may fall to the ground. But anything that is from you, Lord, that it may fall on fruitful ground uh, this afternoon in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we worship you, Lord. Let your name be glorified. Amen. <clears throat> so, yeah, the topic we'll be looking at, and I just want to check the time. Okay, so we, 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 we yeah, I think it should be good. Just watch me. <laughs> um, is the, the fellowship of believers. And uh, just, you know, it's something, one of the values that I know you guys know quite well and, uh, but you'll see there's a lot that is actually part of this, this specific topic or this value that we carry. And when I started actually delving into this, I thought, Yo, you could actually spend so much time just looking into this. But, you know, uh, wanted to just maybe share a quick story. So about two weeks back, I went uh, playing soccer with some of the guys and, um, for about an hour. And yo, there were quite a few young guys there. Um, yeah, Shaul, he was there. He's still one of the young guys. So. Um, some of the young guys there and, and quite fit and, you know, on the go. And I really just realized how unfit I'd actually become, you know. So you think, ah, oh, now we just run around and kick the ball for an hour. But yo, I tell you, at times I was like, you know, and then two or three times Shaul actually kicked the ball over the fence. And I'm like, yo, thank goodness. I can just, you know, get a bit of a breather. So it's like I was actually praying for Schultz to just kick that ball over the fence again. But, um, and, and, you know, I remember last year during lockdown, um, you know, there was a time that we that we'd started getting into exercise and starting getting a bit more fit and so on. And, and now for the last couple of months, yeah, I haven't been exercising. So just taking a walk is, you know, I feel it. Um, and again, I felt, you know, how unfit I actually had become, you know, with this soccer match. And so... You know, I know that during the last couple of months and going on to almost two years now, uh, with lockdown and all the restrictions, there's, there's been this thing of the value of fellowship and what it actually means 
I feel has been hindered in so many ways, you know, having to wear masks and not being able to meet together and not being able to meet in church or meet in comms and a bit of a start-stop. And, and, it's, and it's exciting to see that we, we can start moving more towards, you know, getting back to, and I don't want to say the, how it used to be, but it's, it's exciting to um, be able to meet, <clears throat> excuse me, in more numbers, meet in each other's homes, meet in church. And um, so uh, Paul writes to Timothy in one chapter, uh, Timothy chapter 4 verse 7, where he encourages Timothy to exercise himself towards godliness. You know, and, and immediately when we think about godliness, you know, your thoughts go towards holiness, which, which it is. But I want to expand it a little bit to say godliness is being like God. Is being like God. Godliness, being like God. And <clears throat> why was the fellowship of believers so important? You know, it's one of the key values that the um, you know, previous or old believers or early believers um, held. And something that we need to hold very dear as one of our core and key values is the fellowship of believers. And um, so it's something that we can also actually exercise ourselves towards to look more like God in this aspect. So what would Jesus look like in terms of fellowship? How would Jesus fellowship? What would it mean and what would it look like for him? And that's what we need to, to model. And I'm hoping that this afternoon that I'm going to be able to share quite a few things that will just stir us up and uh, just you know, point us in, 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 in a bit of a more uh, direction of what does this look like in terms of uh, fellowship. So, going on to um, Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47, so we see um, in the first line there, you see the four main or key uh, or core values. It's, it, and they devoted themselves, or a different translation is continued steadfastly to the apostles teaching so that's number one the fellowship number two the breaking of bread number three and the prayers number four so there's quite a few more other things that are listed here but i would say those are the four key values is the devoted to the apostles teaching fellowship the breaking of bread and and to prayers and it says, And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all believed, all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing it, the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by the day, those who were being saved. So you see, you know, these are things that they devoted themselves to. And the result of it was that God added to the church daily those who were being saved. So this was the environment. This was the atmosphere. This is what it looked like, a place where God could actually add people to. So... Going on to a little bit, little bit, just uh, taking one or two steps back. So, what is devotion? So, what is devotion? So, just a dictionary um, uh, meaning here: to commit by solemn act, to give over or direct, 
time, money, effort, etc., to a cause, an enterprise, or activity. So that's devote, and then devotion is love, loyalty, or enthusiasm for person or activity. So that's what it means to be devoted to something, is that you are committed. You give of your resources, your time, your money, your effort, your gifts, to that cause, that enterprise, that entity. You are devoted to that. And you, it's, it's in loyalty with enthusiasm. And I love this part then. I don't know if you guys can actually see that. Uh, okay, so you, you, are, you don't have to show the notes there. I don't know if you've got the presenter view. Yeah, there we go. So the, that little piece there, you see it's from the Latin word, and I don't know if I'm going to pronounce it correctly. So, divorere. Divorere. Uh, or divotio. I don't know. Tried. Okay, but the English word is devote, devote. But something that I quite like there is it says consecrate. You know, so the root of it is consecrate. So I've consecrated something in my heart. Something in my heart is consecrated to that. It's set apart. It's set apart. I love that, that word. Just, so just keep that in mind. So that's what's devotion. What is fellowship? So koinonia. Sharing unity. A close association. Partnership. Participation. A society. A communion. A fellowship. Contribu contributory help. The brotherhood. So that's what koinonia. So if you look at fellowship. That's the biblical definition of what it means. Is there's a sharing, there's a unity, a close association. Okay? So it says here, unity brought about by the Holy Spirit in Koinonia, the individual shares in the common and intimate bond of fellowship with the rest of the Christian society. So Koinonia connects the believers to the Lord Jesus and then to each other. So that's the fellowship, koinonia. So it connects us to the Lord Jesus first and then to each other. And uh, we're going to look into that in quite a bit of depth. So what does devoted to the fellowship? So just a couple of points I've, I've noted down here. What does devoted to the fellowship mean? What does it look like? So it means that I am loyally, enthusiastically, and deeply committed to our close association by protecting the unity. I'm devoted to our meeting together, our partnership in the gospel, and I willingly share my time, my gifts, my talents, and my resources. I'm actively doing my share and participating. I'm looking out for the interests, not of myself, but also for the interests of others, loving each other and living out family. So that's what, if you would say, what does devoted fellowship look like in a Christian context? It would be that. So where does it all start? Okay, so why is this important? And, and, and why was it so important for the early believers to be devoted? So those four things, and then fellowship, being devoted to fellowship. Why, why was it so important for them? Why, what was the, the core of that? And that's what I'm going to go into now and to say, so where does it all start? The first thing here is 1 Corinthians 1.9, it says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. That's amazing. To think that you were called 
by God into a fellowship, this close association, this close union with his son, Jesus Christ. Each one of us sitting here, God has called you, called you into a close fellowship with his son. So, it, I mean, there's other scriptures that talk about this as well. Uh, so 1 Corinthians 1, 2, it talks about where we were called to be saints. Um, he, he, he's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. But there was a calling. God called my name that day. You know that song? But he called my name and I responded. He said, Barry, come. And I said, yes, Lord, here I am. He called me. 1 John 1, 1, verse 1 to 4 says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and we have seen and testified to it, and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we pre proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son. And we are writing these things to you so that your joy may be complete, may be full. So, it's, it's, so, so um, Paul is writing, or John is writing, sorry, saying that you've got this fellowship with us. But this fellowship doesn't start here. This fellowship starts here. You've been called into a fellowship with the Father and with the Son. And because you are now in fellowship with the Father and with the Son, we are now in fellowship. So delving a little bit deeper. So if you think about a marriage, a marriage matrimony, it's where two people actually join together in a, a covenant. And they, the, the word says that two become one flesh. So you're looking at a, a marriage, uh, in a marriage, two become one. And looking at joining, join to Christ and join to one another in this covenant relationship that we have. Firstly, with the Father and the Son, and then with one another. So I just want to delve into a few scriptures around this. So first one is Romans 7 verse 4. It says, You also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, so through his death and resurrection, that you may be married to another. To who? To him who, has ra was, who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. When you came into a relationship with Jesus Christ, you were married to him. You now belong, you don't belong to yourself anymore, you now belong to him. It's through his body that this was made possible, through his death and resurrection. The next one, we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. <laughs> joined to his wife. <laughs> and the two shall become one flesh. This is something interesting. It says, 
This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So although um, Paul was writing here in terms of a, a marriage between a husband and a wife, the, so a man leaving his mother and his father and be joined to his wife, he's saying this is a mystery. This is a mystery between us and Christ. So, I mean, would you guys would agree there's so many things that God has given us to model, you know, earthly things or natural things that he's given us that model spiritual things, spiritual realities. Marriage is one of those things that are very, very precious. So he's saying this is a great mystery um, concerning Christ and the church. I do not ask for these only, but this is now Jesus praying, and, and Kerbis was referring to this in, in one of the songs. It says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that's you and me, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, and that they also may be in us, so that the world may know, uh, that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, and they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you have sent me, and love them, even as you have loved me. So this is part of Jesus' prayer. And he's, he's praying for us as believers, and saying, Father, let them be one as we are one. Why? So that the world may know that the Father sent the Son. Didn't Jesus also say that how will others know that we are his disciples? Through loving one another. It's in our, it's in our unity, it's in our oneness that we proclaim Christ to the world. You guys with me? For as the body is one, and as many members, but all the members of the body of one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. <clears throat> I think Paul was trying to say here yeah, that we are one. <laughs> you know? So so I think he was like, Do you hear me? I'm, it's like, you know, repeating I'm I'm Repeating myself here, I'm trying to say that we are one. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Isn't that amazing? When you gave your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit baptized you into the body of Christ. Romans 12.5, so we, though many, <clears throat> excuse me, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So we are part of the Lord's body. We belong to Him. He is the head of the body. We are members of the body, but we are one, in one body. So, devoted to fellowship, from that context would be that devoted to the co covenant bond brought about by the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, I have with the Father and the Son and the Spirit and with one another. So this is why the devotion to the fellowship was so important for the believers and for us. 
because it, it speaks about the union that I have with Christ, with the Father and with the Holy Spirit, and then what we have with one another. That's why they were devoted to this. It's not just a, just a by the by. They were devoted to it, saying this is the reality. This is what Christ came to do, is by giving his life, giving his body and his blood, so that we can have fellowship, that we can know God, but that we can be one. They were devoted to that. Devoted. Good. So, how is this maintained? So, because we understand that this is of utmost importance, the fellowship of the believers, being devoted to the fellowship, I want to touch on a few things here that just, how is this maintained? How is fellowship maintained? And if you'll allow me, I'm going to go through a, a few scriptures here and just pause here and there. So in 1 John 1 verse 5 to 7, it says, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So, quite a meaty scripture there. <laughs> but I was thinking, you know, so yes, there is this thing of walking in the light in terms of, you know, the Bible, if, it, if you go on, it talks about we should confess our sins one to another, so that we can walk in the light. But there's a part of walking in the light that I just want to highlight here. And it goes on to say, whoever sees he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light. And in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So the Bible is saying that we can't hate our brother or not love our brother and say that we have fellowship with him. Fellowship with him and walking in the light means that I have love for my brother. I can't do both. I can't hate my brother and say that I've got fellowship and I'm walking in the light. So our unity is of utmost importance for this maintained fellowship with the Lord and with one another. Quite an interesting note here that says, a person reveals the genuineness of his relationship with God by his relationship with others. Isn't that the truth? A person reveals the genuineness of his relationship with God by his relationship with others. I just want to pause there for a moment. So what does my relationship look like with others? You know, for each of us. What does my relationship look like for others? Does, does my relationship say that my relationship here is I'm devoted to my fellowship here. I'm, 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 you know, I'm spending time with the Lord and, and I'm doing my desires to do those things that are pleasing unto Him. 
And, and when, I'm, when I'm close, my, my devotion to him, automatically, it should be reflected here. But if there's a breakdown in this, it means that here's a problem, isn't it? I think of where, where Jesus was um, speaking and he said, you know, so if we think about that he's the head and we are members of the body, we are his body, we are part of him, you know, there's an interesting part where Jesus says, you remember when he said you didn't um, clothe somebody, you didn't feed them when they were hungry, you didn't go and visit them. And he said, well, where, Lord, where, did, where didn't we do these things? He says, well, if you didn't do it for the least of these, you didn't do it for me. And if, you've, if you have done it for the least of these, you've done it unto me. Why is that? Because it's part of his body. It's part of his body. So, um, Stephen, would you just come? I just want to use you as an example quickly. So if I'm, if I'm, and I'm going to break a few rules here, shall close your eyes. If I'm connected, if I'm connected to Stephen, it means that there's, 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 a, there's a joining of us here, all right? So if, if, I'm, if we're part of one body, it means that if, if I'm um, living or I have something against Stephen, okay, it means that, and he's part of the Lord's body, it means that, let's say, for instance, I've got unforgiveness in my heart. If I've got unforgiveness against Stephen, he's part of the Lord's body. It means who, am I, who have I actually got unforgiveness against? The Lord. If I'm holding something against him, he's part of my body, he's part of the Lord, I'm holding something against who? The Lord. If I'm holding something against him or sinning against him, because I'm part of him, in actually, whom I actually sinning against, not just against him and the Lord, but against myself as well, because we're joined together. Does that make sense? Thanks, Steve. <laughs> well done. <laughs> okay, almost, almost, I'm almost done, guys. So. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you can see here, Paul is being quite serious. He's saying, in the name of the Lord, that you all agree that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and judgment. <clears throat> He's saying, God the unity, God the unity that you should have. That there be no divisions among you. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. I love that. So have fervent love for one another, not just love, fervent love. So fervent, yeah, just want to quickly, so it says that's zeal, it's zeal, living fervor, fiery hot, full of burning zeal. It is the opposite of dignified, cold, and unemotional. In a Christian context, it signifies a high spiritual temperature inf inflamed by the Holy Spirit. 
Have you, have you experienced it when you've maybe been in a meeting and you've experienced the presence of the Lord, um, or you've maybe been at a conference and you've experienced the presence of the Lord and the Lord has done something in you? All of a sudden, you just love somebody. You know, it's like, sorry, it's like, I love you guys, you know. I remember um, we went to a men's conference years back, and one of our friends uh, came with us, but he was quite a conservative guy, you know, so he wasn't a guy that really spoke about his emotions and, you know, um, very conservative, and we went to this men's conference, and man, that the Lord really touched his life. The Lord really came and did, did something <laughs> in his heart, and on the way home uh, in the car, he couldn't t- uh, stop telling us how much he loved us. It's like, I love you guys. I love you guys. I love, it's like, yes, okay, we've, we love you too. We love you, you know, it's like, but, but have you guys experienced that, where where God comes and he does something, and you've experienced his presence, and all of a sudden, it's just like love just just pours out. So it's, it's, it's this living fur, fiery hot, full of burning zeal, inflamed by the Holy Spirit. When, it, when it's used to describe love, it means to put others first and seek their spiritual good, even if they aren't kind or gracious or even hostile toward us. I mean, it makes me think of what Jesus said. He said, love your enemies. Because if you just love those who love you, he says, what, what reward is in that? You know, doesn't the world do that? Love those who love me, but love those that don't love you. You know, and uh, I was speaking to um, the girls the other day, and just a, a situation with some friends and so on, and, and I said, you know, in this specific situation, it's, it's maybe a tough thing to do, but you need to be the one who is willing to take the the, the punch in the, in the guts. Are you willing to be the one that's able to, or willing to take the punch? I'll take the punch in the guts, don't worry. Because I love you. It's not just, okay, what I want, and what I deserve, and what my rights are, and what's fair, and what's unfair. And, and I'm not saying, you know, that there isn't fair, and there isn't unfair. But I'm just saying, love, loving like the Lord loves, is going beyond what's comfortable. It's seeking that person's good, despite of how that person reacts or is reacting against me. It's saying, I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to sacrifice in this situation. You guys, that's making sense. It's like fervent love is a true spiritual love, and it's first mentioned, okay, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. So you can see there, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Isn't that what God did towards us? He says, even when you were unlovely, even when you didn't want anything to do with me, I loved you enough to lay down my life. He, Jesus says, I, you didn't choose me, I chose you. Right? So this is the kind of love that we should display for one another. It's saying, I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to lay down my life. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Saying, yes, you've maybe got those flaws and you've got those issues and and you've done this or you've done that, but it's okay. I'll love you anyway. Because I've also got flaws and I've also got issues. So would you love me in any way? Almost closing. By this we know, love, that he laid down his life for us, 
and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. So what has the Lord commanded us? To believe in Jesus Christ and to love one another. It's not a choice. It's not a choice. It's a command. If we don't do this, we are being disobedient to our Lord. He's commanded us. He, we belong to Him now. We are His. He said, believe in the Son and love one another. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tender-hearted. Be courteous. I practice that one. Courteous. <laughs> be tender-hearted. So it's, it's being tender-hearted, saying, you know what, you know, even if it's maybe in a relationship, it's I, I value the unity. I'm devoted to the unity, the fellowship that we have. And I'm willing to stretch out. I'm willing to go the extra mile. I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to contact you. I'm willing to set up a meal with you. I'm willing to go for a coffee, even when I, I think you maybe don't like me. I'm still willing to do it because I value, I'm devoted to this. It's displaying Christ's love. It's displaying Christ's love. In closing, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting meeting together as is in the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more <clears throat> as you see the day drawing near. And we can agree we can see that the day is drawing near. Amen? We are in the last of the last days. And, and here, um, I don't know who the right was, Hebrews, but we are encouraged to say that when you see this day drawing near, even more and more and more and more, and isn't that almost, and I want to be a little bit cheeky, but isn't that almost what the world is trying to push us away from? Is meeting together, loving on one another, connecting with one another, being in unity? Consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. And, and I'm really hoping that this afternoon that it would be, just be a, a bit of a stirring. Just a bit of a stirring to stir us up to love one another and to good works. Amen.